Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here for Hot Mile with Hutton Withrow, the Thursday edition. Coming up in 20 minutes, Armando Salguero will join us. He's the senior NFL reporter for Outkick.com. Ryan Leaf will join us uh, coming up in about an hour and 20 minutes from right now. And in between, a lot of uh, great discussion, opinion, and uh, takes on what we're seeing across the NFL and college football landscape and much more. Uh, Chad, how would you describe our wagering success so far this this football season? Well, how I would describe our wagering success versus my wagering success would be different. My wagering well, success has been minimal. I have done well in college football. Yeah, you have. Uh, with some of my picks. Even had a pick I got right over uh, Kelly in Vegas that we'll have on tomorrow that I'll, yep. I'll surely bring up with her. Um, better. But I um, – Overall, not great. NFL, really not great. We get back on so track uh, tonight with Thursday Night Football. We'll give some uh, picks and selections later. This is a, um, a confidence-building week. This is like when an, right. an SEC team plays an FCS opponent. Yep. That's the way I'm viewing this week in gambling. If you haven't taken your shot with PointsBet, now is the perfect moment. A big reason why? Exclusively for first-time PointsBet users. Grab this unique offer. Right now, new PointsBet users get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. This offer uh, is available, outkick.com slash bet, outkick.com slash bet. Complete the registration process with PointsBet and make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second-chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Head to outkick.com slash bet right now to snag this offer. Uh, you mentioned getting on track and uh, propelling. We, we need a boost in this area, right? We'll get it tonight. Uh, I think it, it, tonight with the matchup for Detroit, specifically in Lambeau, the Lions have won the previous three meetings against the Green Bay Packers. Their last meeting was in Lambeau in January, and that kept Green Bay in a win-and-in scenario out of the postseason. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer. Game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and going into tonight, Green Bay, it, it, Tom Pelissero is saying that Aaron Jones uh, is uh, who is, is questionable with the hamstring. It sounds like they're going to play him based on uh, Pelissero's report as well as Christian Watson. So Green Bay is getting some players back. But as far as the desperation feel that Green Bay may have, may have thought – based on the loss of these two players, it's not there. 2-1 and one against 2-1 and one tonight. The Lions with wins over, of course, Kansas City at Arrowhead and a win this past week at home against the Falcons. Now they head to Lambeau on a short week and a quick turn. And Chad, I think this is a big moment for the Lions because it's time to seize the moment from this perspective. Prove that the offseason chatter and talk and hype and expectations were worth the time spent paying attention to the organization for the first time in a long time. They have the talented roster. They have the, the offense that can go toe-to-toe with anyone. Ben Johnson interviewed for the Texans and Colts head coaching openings this past offseason, 
he's back and chose to come back to be the OC again uh, and announced that he was done taking interviews because of the opportunity to propel into the next offseason where he's going to get even more. But beyond that, um, the young talent paired with the vets that seem to be coming together at the right time, traveling and going to Lambeau Thursday night, make a, make a point, prove that you're not just a wild card contender. In a division where the Packers are better than what we thought, Jordan Love has done a, a really nice job taking over and avoiding the distraction and the shadow of Aaron Rodgers. And the Lions are trying to avoid the shadow of their franchise. In the North, the Bears, awful. The Vikings, 0-3. And their chatter in the Vikings locker room, Justin Jefferson's pissed off because he's tired of all the trade discussion at 0-3 within the organization. They're losing close games. When the Lions win... By and large, they win by a possession or more. They did this past week. Go grab it tonight. I'm expecting big things from Detroit. And uh, again, a division win, your second <clears throat> NFC victory. And I think, Chad, on the first month of the season, wins at Arrowhead and at Lambeau, the Lions will be deemed as for real. It's a big boy type moment for them. And it's not something that's unprecedented. You brought up they've won the last three times at Lambeau. But it feels Last like three a, times just playing Green Bay. Yeah, it feels more like a seizing of exactly what they should be right now. Yeah, that that was a the win in Kansas City felt bigger. This feels like something that should be expected right now that they need to go ahead and accomplish. Yeah, and N- not that it's not a, a really good win on the road, but it it feels like this should happen. Well, and it, whereas the win in Kansas City felt like this big franchise-defining moment that the Lions have arrived, and then they follow that up with a home loss to Seattle the very next week. This is a chance to really get some momentum Yeah, going. but it, it is, and it feels like it should happen, but we haven't seen it in six years where the Lions have had the outright lead in their own division in week four or later. That hasn't happened since 2016. They can do that tonight. I mean, that, that seems very small, but... Those are the hurdles that you're trying to get past as a franchise, and you're trying to lock in with, for the most part, a roster full of inexperience. And if you can do it on the road, that's where you're battle-tested, especially in the NFC, which is wide open with teams a lot like Detroit and a lot like Green Bay. Trying to be more than just average, run-of-the-mill, nine wins, eight wins, and trying to lock in what could be a home-field advantage in the postseason as a two or three seed, maybe even the one. But to do that, you've got to win games like this. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I'm not just saying that because I'm wearing sort of a Detroit Lions color today. I, I didn't even mean hey, to and, do and that. Props to, props to Jordan Love and what they've, what they've done uh, with the Packers, uh, winning some games that I didn't think they would. He looked incredible on he's, a few throws. He's been outstanding. And that comeback on, uh, on Sunday against the, the, the Saints. Been outstanding. Chad, um, from pro to college, and as far as the sound bites are concerned, we're hearing a lot of that from head coaches right now in the Power Five. And I love these A&E biography series on pro wrestlers. It's one of my favorite things to watch. I know you're a fan of great wrestling promos that have been cut over the years. Hutton sometimes before the show will fire up some of The Rock at some point. 
Uh, we love Chris Jericho when he came back as Y2J. Vince McMahon. Love these moments. Uh, I've referenced yesterday the Iron Sheik was one of the great villains of all time, You know, firing up not just the opponent, but all of America yep. uh, with his rhetoric and played that villain perfectly. Cussing out Triple H. Yeah, re- wrestling <laughs> icons and villains that would – the fans would buy into it so much that they would yeah. be in danger when they entered the arena, yeah. things yeah. being thrown at them. Coordinate. That's when you know you're a good heel. That's when you know you're a good villain. This is what makes pro wrestling pro wrestling. This is the, the fundamental yeah. art form of, of who we are. Conflict, right, throughout time. You could go and read something from the ancient Greeks, and it's going to have protagonist, antagonist, a conflict, a resolution of some sort, or a tragedy in the end of it. Pro wrestling promoters, they knew this well. They set everything up the same way. Pro wrestling is the male soap opera. That's really all that it is. College football is becoming a male soap opera week after week. This is the true Dion Coach Prime effect on college football that we're witnessing. Dion Sanders is no stranger to a soundbite. Dion Sanders knows how to milk attention out of every possible angle. And he's going to say exactly what he thinks. And when he knows something is going to get a big response that he believes, he's going to say it louder and even more. He's going to talk trash after a win. He's going to talk trash sometimes about the opponent. And we can't get enough of it. But now what's happening is a situation where there can be too much of a good thing. A little bit of controversy is good. A little bit of trash talk is fine. Some coaching animosity, some coaches being honest about their animosity, I think is good for the sport and natural. But when everyone is trying to respond to Deion Sanders by being a little bit of Deion Sanders, and I'm talking to Dan Lanning, I'm talking to Ryan Day, whatever that was after the game against Notre Dame, about Lou Holtz, we're seeing more and more Jay Norvell. Jay Norvell, I'd never heard Jay Norvell say a word until he talked about, you know, I was taught by my parents and I take my hat and glasses off and show respect when I talk to people or enter a room. That's the first I'd ever heard Jay Norvell's voice. Why? Because he's playing Deion Sanders. College coaches are looking around and seeing that Colorado is breaking ratings records. Every piece of media is talking about Deion Sanders in Colorado. And their response to that is to get louder, to say more, to get angrier and go after rivals, go after former coaches that are 86 years old that had something to say about your program. I find it entertaining for now. If everyone starts doing it, there is a law of diminishing returns with this stuff. There is an increasing desensitization of all of this where you're going to be desensitized to coaches talking trash. It's going to feel more like wrestling. WWE, which, hey, still gets good ratings. People care about it. People are always going to care about college football. But I'd, I'd be wary if I were a college coach that is going down this route and it's not who you are. I see Dan Lanning, and I think that is who he is. We're seeing his personality, just more of it with this. But don't try to be something that you're not, just to try to catch up with Deion Sanders. Yeah, I don't think the coaches that we've heard from have been um, fake. I think it's been genuine. But unlike WWE, in regards to you know the, the fight promotion – these coaches are more like UFC where you don't control the outcome after talking trash or, or saying, Hey, look over here. We're, we're showing you something that needs to be uh, acknowledged. Uh, if you go out and continue to win after doing this, you'll get that acknowledgement and we'll buy into the hype, right? Mm-hmm. You can prove us wrong. And well, you'll start getting the recognition that you feel you, you deserve or, or you certainly won't be slighted the way that you're complaining about. But 
go out and lose and get knocked off uh, a few times. And, well, you're back to the silence, using Colorado State as an example, that we're used to from said programs. And that, I mean, it, it's not, I mean, Ryan Day's different, but as far as Washington State, Colorado State, uh, you know, even, you know, Matt Rule at Nebraska was brought up post game, but it was more about Shador than it was Matt Rule, even yeah. though Rule responded. Point being, it's, it's still the star power that's going to drive it. And you just have to be in the right lane whenever that camera and that attention is now pointed at you. And then you have to show up and produce afterwards. So, and to their credit, Washington State has been doing that. Well, and I don't think know? we're there yet. But in a sport where there's no draft and it's all about recruiting talent, it benefits you to have people talking about you and to have some positive momentum and energy going or, or coverage in general. So I, I, I want to guard against coaches that are not being themselves. I do think Dan yeah, Lane was yeah. himself. I think Ryan Day just allowed his emotions to take over. Yeah. That was genuinely who he was, but probably not the moment or the guy to go after in that moment. But I don't want coaches to start fabricating this sort of persona that I need to do this now in order to stay relevant and get recruits for my program. I want coaches to be themselves. And I think most coaches have been guarded with the media and in public as opposed to what they'll do yeah. with their team. Dan Lanning in Oregon decided to release exactly what he said to the team. That's fine. I loved it. The behind-the-scenes footage, but that's him talking to his locker room also. Yep. And, and the behind-the-scenes footage, is, that's another example. That's also what Dion is doing at Colorado. That's not what you're getting, though, from USC. No. A- instead, they're, they're just, you know, going back and forth with uh, – they're exchanging pleasantries. Yeah, it's the, this is the exact opposite. This and, is like and, the old and school. And the media policy is also the exact well, opposite. Well, we're talking a lot about Lou Holtz. This was the Lou Holtz policy. Lou Holtz almost became a running punchline. Yeah. How he would treat every team when he talked about them like they were the greatest football team, like they were the Lombardi Packers. <laughs> he could be playing, you know, Hampton, and he'd treat them like it was uh, uh, Joe a, Namath, the quarterback. Saban's got that, in too. the 68 Jets. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Well, that that's sort of the old school coaching mentality. But um, – Lincoln Riley and, and Deion Sanders are going out of their way to pay each other compliments. Lincoln Riley also think part of this with this, this compliment machine that's going on back and forth, he doesn't want to get embroiled in another media controversy given they're shutting out the beat writer last yeah. week. I don't, I don't think he's um, in a big rush to do that. But also just it's clear that's not their vibe and personality. The fact yeah. that they shut out the beat writer when you're taking on the program that – would credential, you know, a thousand if you needed if you needed credentials to get in into Boulder. Um, you know, the, the personality is, hey, don't we don't want to draw attention behind the scenes. We don't want to draw attention uh, on anything other than the program. Yeah, and uh, we'll find out if that's good or bad. But I mean, the expectations are Caleb Williams and company are going in there and rolling. If it's another Oregon this week, yeah. and it is uh, just a washout quickly. Where it was in that game, it was over in the first quarter between Oregon and Colorado. It was. Um, I, I'm anxious to see the reaction to that. I don't think it will be. I think that Colorado is going to do some things offensively in this game because USC's defense is so bad. Oregon's defense, light years better than USC's right, though, right now. But because so the, I do think there's going to be some scoring, but yeah, USC if, should win. Yeah, and, and does, does the pivot occur if the blowout happens where the attention then goes to the top half of what is a very competitive conference moving forward nationally, or 
do you just continue to have Dion in Colorado on the national stage because they're pulling the numbers? I mean, we'll really find out if people start paying attention to the Pac-12 and how good it is. It's not just top-heavy. That middle, that middle pack is what makes it so so competitive. Yeah, you know. And do you get USC against you know a, a, another opponent next week instead of Colorado versus you know Stanford? Because keep in mind, Colorado, Colorado State drew game day and big noon kickoff. This could be the last week of Colorado being the story. Unless you, it's a, they try to go with another story that is relevant and the numbers drop. I think other stories are going to take place. Look, if Duke beats Notre Dame this weekend, oh, there's your story. Absolutely. I mean, there, there's a story for you right absolutely. there. Absolutely. I mean, at that point, you start looking down the schedule and saying, uh, can Duke win the ACC? Duke has the opportunity to do what Notre Dame could not do to Ohio State last yeah, they've week. They've already got a win over Clemson. Um, that's, that's a big one no on doubt. Saturday. No doubt. Armando Salguero discusses the big NFL matchups and headlines. That's next on Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Honey Withrow rolls on. Uh, every Tuesday and Friday, you can catch the five spot with Donovan McNabb and Armando Salguero. New uh, podcast and show here on the Outkick Network, Outkick.com, plus Facebook, X, YouTube, Tuesdays and Fridays on Outkick. Hunting any day of the week here at Sixth and Peabody, you can get you a nice Arnold Palmer. They have sweet tea and lemonade. In the drink machine, it's a life, it's a game changer, it really is. I try to hold myself to one a week uh, with the sugar. Is it one week involved? One a week. I always, I, I pick one day, and I decide to go Arnold Palmer's on that day. And it every time. It's but you, you crave it every day though. Absolutely. How do you gauge which day you're going in on the Arnold Palmer? I just kind of wake up in the morning and I today's the day. I t- take some blades of grass AP. from my lawn and I throw it up in the air. Yeah. And is I it say, master season yet? Eh, it feels like an Arnold Palmer day today. Fair enough. I, I step out on my deck. And I smell the air, and I say, this, it, this is a good day for Arnold Palmer. It's always a good day for Armando Salguero uh, joining the show. And we say hello to Outkick's NFL reporter. Armando, good to see you, man. How are things? Things are good. Uh, I'm not Chandler Jones, so things <laughs> are very good. Yeah, how about that saga, man? Uh, it, it's It's terrible. It, it really is. It's terrible and it's scary. Look, you did that that live video today yeah, yeah. Uh, on X and we Say, wrote about Saying it. he was hospitalized against his will. Well, that yeah. was, yeah, that was a couple of days ago. Today, he did this whole new thing. Yeah. And uh, about we wrote Hernandez. about it. Right. Oh. Uh, among other things, by the way. 
Um, and, you know, he's making allegations about Aaron Hernandez's suicide and, and his coach, Josh McDaniels, and ownership and former teammates and the Illuminati and Obama. But having said all of that, which is detailed mm -hmm. in the outfit story, the most the most troubling thing to me was when he's walking around his neighborhood and he's approaching his neighbor or one of his neighbors. And uh, at one point, he's talking about uh, unloading a mag on the guy. Um, that's not good. Not good. He says he comes in peace, but later on he's talking about, you know, popping him. Yeah. And, and let's also just mention like, this is not some random post for those not following. This has been going on since at least August and July because he posted screenshots of uh, text exchanges with, with McDaniels. Um, like a, a few weeks ago, right before the season started, that were, were dated, predated, like a month and a half prior, uh, and there are warning signs, as Armando is, is, is pointing to in, in the in the detailed article at Outkick.com. Uh, so it, pray for Chandler Jones and that he gets the help that he needs. And thankfully, you know the the warning signs are being noticed. Let's just put it that way, uh, instead of just being ignored or laughed at. Um, as some, you know, crazy dude uh, who's gone off the reservation. This is, it seems much more than that. And it's a trend that needs to stop, but has continued. And hopefully he gets that help. Um, Armando, at what point do you go to the NFL game of the week because Taylor Swift is there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, let me see. Um, with the NFL game of the week involves the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. And maybe and Zach Wilson's New York Jets. And, well, no, that's not <laughs> the NFL game of the week. Okay. Sorry. Uh that's that's the circus yeah. uh in the parking lot and watching security game of the week. <laughs> uh that is not on the field game of the week. And uh I don't know, man. Look, I guess it's a good thing that that she is now interested in not necessarily the NFL, but an <laughs> NFL player. Yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing it's a good thing that now all of her minions and fans are interested in the NFL anew because uh, they didn't know that the Kansas City Chiefs were a big deal uh, previously. or And now they're making... Travis Kelsey, who was up until now anonymous, apparently, they're making him a big deal. He's got the highest grossing and highest selling jersey in the NFL right now. But I'm sorry. I, I, I just, you know, I don't really care about wags and I don't really care about uh, singers dating NFL players unless. Uh, or unless we're talking about Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. So that's my age, okay? Well, the, I was, I was, I'm, I'm thinking uh, the only thing that could make the Dolphins season any more dominant is to have Taylor Swift at every game at Hard Rock. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, 
Uh, the Titans radio booth, the visiting radio booth, is right. You have to push your gear through JLo's after party club, which is in that stadium. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, that's that's every week at Hard Rock. That's not necessarily what's, Arrowhead. What's more electric, the Dolphins' offense or Taylor Swift's Eras <laughs> tour? That's that's the segue we'll go into with the, this Dolphins team. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I have no idea what that era's tour is, except for the little moment where they do that little witchcraft thing, yeah. which I'm not all about. The score is 70 but, to 20 on the on the tour as well. Yeah. Um, so the Dolphins, my gosh, um, a little electric, <laughs> a little hard to deal with as an offense. But the Buffalo Bills are pretty good, right? They're pretty good on defense. They're pretty good. In the front seven, uh, they've got the defensive player of the week. It's gonna be a it's a gonna be a great the matchup in uh, Orchard Park, where they don't serve lasagna, by the way. But whatever. Nine takeaways, seven interceptions, and I'm glad we get uh, the the recurring uh, character there uh, from uh, from Armando. Yeah, three and zero against two and one, and it's the NFL's top offense against the number two defense. Um, the Dolphins, 130 points, second most in the uh, the start of a three-game span. And, I mean, who's to say they can't continue this this dominance offensively with how they've started and where they are right yeah, now, Chad? Does this have a chance to be kind of an era-defining type offense? Like, we think about the greatest show on turf. Is this one that we're going to have a nickname for 20 years from now and look back and say, oh, remember that Dolphins team? And what they were able to accomplish is it seems like with the speed on that offense, Armando, the potential is limitless for this squad. Can we pump breaks? No, not after that? 70 points. I mean, how many times that happened in NFL history? Well, it, <laughs> three I, teams I, I have done it, I think, seven, right? Something I grant like that. you seven. I, I grant you 70 points is a lot, but you have to give me the Denver Broncos defense laid down. Um, and it was ugly and they were just, you know, not into it. There's, there was a moment there, a play there where there was five Denver Broncos defenders on the ground and none of them were showing any desire or urgency to get up. And so at that point, yeah, uh, the Dolphins are going to just just it's a bad day to have a bad day against the Miami Dolphins offense. And if you're not really trying and if you've got Justin Simmons on the sideline and not playing, you're going to have a bad day. My guess is that teams like the Buffalo Bills, teams like the San Francisco 49ers, teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, who the Dolphins play later this season, won't be laying down. And so I just think that when we see the Dolphins do not similar because they're not going to do similar, but when they do stuff to those teams, then we can talk about a, you know, uh, a, an offense that is generational. I remind you the week before the Dolphins scored 70 on Denver, they scored 24 on the Patriots. What, what does that say about Sean Payton, that level of effort from, from Denver and their defense in that game? Yeah, pride comes before a fall, gentlemen. Um, Sean Payton is the guy that was mocking the effort of the Broncos last year, calling it a circus. 
saying that Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching staff were terrible. Also, by the way, Sean Payton, when he was, uh, you know, employed by Fox, he was ripping Tua. And to the point where he was saying that um, he might get benched for Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, pro-eating time for Sean Payton. And now Sean Payton's Broncos travel to Chicago to take on the 0-3 Bears. How do you describe this matchup, Armando, uh, if you don't mind uh, diving into that, that thought? And what happens to Vance Joseph if they actually watch the Bears' offense come, oh. come alive this week? Yeah, this is uh, um, hapless against hopeless. <laughs> don't, don't, don't ask me uh, which one is which. <laughs> you know, I... I, I called it a on a kick a um, a matchup for the ages, the dark ages, um, and so this is just bad against bad. You know how teams when they practice they go they go good against good. <laughs> this is bad against bad. This is the thirty second ranked defense against the thirty first ranked defense. Uh, and this is a, an offense that can't get out of its own way against an offense that, uh, you know, is better with Russell Wilson, but still not exactly, um, I would say, outstanding. The, the Packers host the Lions this evening, Thursday night football. They will meet again on Thanksgiving Day. And, and what seems to be a very pivotal ma- matchup for both within that division what do you make of where the Lions are currently based on all the talk of the offseason and the fact that Jordan Love is playing this well early in the season for Green Bay in a matchup that will determine the top of this division early in the year? So it's early, right? Yep. Again, up the breaks time and all that. But we talked up the Lions a lot in yes. the offseason, a lot. Yep. So if they come out of the gates 2-2 two and two after a loss tonight, they will have underperformed the talk. The talk is not the Lions are a 500 team. The talk was the Lions are going to be, you know, the class of that division. They're going to the playoffs and they're going to do damage because they really finished strong last year and they've got a lot of talent. Guess what? Two and two is not that. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Um, And with Green Bay... And we've mentioned it on this show before. You guys have done a great job of outlining it. The Green Bay Packers have had a great quarterback for 30 years. And dang it, they might have one for for 10 more or 15 more. Because Jordan Love, with the big fourth quarter comeback last week, down 17 points and they win the game. And he brought them back with a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. That is very vexing to the NFC North. Every year we have a, a couple of very vexing, to steal your word there, Armando, outcomes, results across the league. Where will Cardinals over Cowboys and Josh Dobbs' performance in that game against that Cowboys defense rank when we look back at the regular season and say, oh, wait a minute, this Cowboys team lost to this Cardinals team? How? Wow. Well, how is they got they got out physical, they got beat up. I mean, the Cardinals rushed for 220 yards. 
against the defense that we all thought was like, yeah. you see, again, the pump the brakes thing. We thought that defense was generational when they ruined New York. The doomsday York defense. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Diggs meant that much to the run defense. Josh, Joshua Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, like, you know, turns them into a, a, a turnstile, basically. Josh Dobbs cutting promos on the sidelines saying, just give me the ball back. We're going to go win, is what he's telling this all his her- teammates. I'm thinking, man, all right, here we go. Right. So, look. What I saw from the Cowboys last week, it is not just a one-game concern because the defense, you know, showed it can't stop the run, that it's soft and it's weak up front. And the offense, Dak Prescott, in the red zone is useless. I mean, he threw one pass into a sea of red. There was three Cardinals defenders, and amazingly, one of them intercepted the pass. (laughs) Uh, shockingly, um, bad, bad day for Dak Prescott. And it feeds the narrative that he is not elite. Never a bad day to chat with Armando Salguero. If you can't get along with this man, that's a you problem. It's not his problem. Outkicks senior NFL reporter. Donovan McNabb gets along with him. Uh, this, uh, no doubt. Uh, check out the five spot every Tuesday and Friday, uh, with, Armando Salguero and and Donovan Donovan McNabb. Hey, uh, thanks so much and enjoy week four. All right, man. By the way, it's Donovan McNabb and and, and our. Not when you're on our show, not when you're our guest. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sixth and Peabody, our location, Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, Putnam Withrow, Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. You can join Chad in the chat right now. Uh, go to the uh, YouTube page, search out Outkick, hit subscribe, pound the like button if you're watching live right now, give us a thumbs up, and chat away. Chat with Chad. Chat with Chad. Chit Chad. We had an old podcast called Chit Chad yes, back in the day. Very successful. Highly successful. Had some great guests, one of which is sitting to the right of me right now. Jonathan Hutton yep. was a guest on that podcast. I watched the um, the Saint of Second Chances about the Vec family, the owners, which is a great podcast. I did a Fox News Minute on it. Great podcast about Bill and Mike Vec on Netflix. Dave Dombrowski was a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. Dave Dombrowski was another person that I interviewed yep. at, at the Standard in Nashville for the Chit Chad podcast. Brought back memories. Tremendous uh Tremendous podcast, Chad. You should bring it back. I will at some point. Okay. Resurrect. Under my own umbrella. <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. It'll, also, be a, it'll, it'll have to be a Chad Withrow production, but it may be done at some point. Under the umbrella here at the uh, Outkick Studio at 6 and Peabody is Pick Your Poison, Not Good Options. Davey Hudson brings them right now. Yeah, guys, we even have a new stinger for this nice. one. It's looks very, great. Oh, I know, looks very good. dark and sinister, so I really wanted so, to go with so it. So dark. So we're going to so start. <laughs> Pick your poison for those who want to play at home. Well done. Guys are getting a terrible option, and they have to choose 
the one I guess that they could live with the most. Okay. And so for our first one, it's the Nathaniel Hackett experience. Just to give a little bit of background, Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach for the Denver Broncos of 2022 and currently the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. So for this situation, you are reliving this experiment, this experiment with Nathaniel Hackett, but we're only going up two week three in the NFL. So that way, obviously, a lot could happen the rest of this year for the Jets. But for the offseason through weeks one, two, and three of last year in Denver, and then the offseason weeks one, two, and three in New York for this season. So in thinking through, I initially wanted to lean towards Hackett in Denver. Uh, because that you would take Hackett in Denver. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, as the head coach in 2022, simply because through three weeks, you still thought, well, Russell Wilson's the quarterback, right? Um, but I'm in thinking about that. I'm now flipping to jets, Nathaniel Hackett, because number one, Sean Payton looks like a fool in this current three week run. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is the reason why Hackett is there. Just like he was brought into Denver originally, he actually is coaching Aaron Rodgers, and he can't lose. Hackett can't lose this season because Zach Wilson is the quarterback now. And no doubt that you know Robert Sala is okay with Aaron Rodgers and, and calling out. The, Aaron Rodgers is making those decisions. If, if they didn't want Zach Wilson in the locker room, or if they do, and Rodgers didn't. Guess who would not be in the locker room? Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach. We also know that Rodgers wants Hackett there. I, I lean towards this version, even though it's a nightmare scenario for what was an incredible run of offseason hype with Rodgers and the Jets and everything going right. So you're taking... I'm taking this year's version of Hackett. Okay. Um, I'm taking this question more as who's doing the better job? It, with, with that, who am I taking? Which performance through three games? Relive experience. Off-season, relive the experience. So I'm going, and it's close. I'm going with Sean Payton is the poison that I'm going to drink in, in this scenario. Sean Payton has been awful, but Sean Payton didn't have to bring in some dude to sit in the booth and make decisions for him. Yeah. The way Nathaniel Hackett did. Yeah. Um, Sean Payton, based on these three games and his off-season, uh, I'm giving him the slight edge. But a big part of my decision-making is I've seen Sean Payton win a Super Bowl as a head coach. So I can't – this is like when they say, strike that from the record in the courtroom. But everybody heard it, right? I know we won a Super Bowl. So that's obviously going to cloud my decision and my judgment on this. So I'm taking Sean Payton over the Nathaniel Hackett experience. But it is so much closer than I ever would have imagined between those two through three games. Incredibly it's bad for Payton. Crazy, yeah. I just thought of this question, and we can save this one for another day, but I will throw Ponderance. it out there. Yeah. Did Sean Payton coming back to the sidelines hurt his Hall of Fame chances? Yes. It could. Yes. But if they I don't mean, turn it around, if they, if, I mean, this year's going to be bad, but if they turn it around, it won't. But, but he's already, he's, he's, it's a steep uphill climb for him anyway with Bounty Gate. He's suspended for a year. Yeah. Like it, it was already damaged. Um, but the, the it, it tarnished is the right word. But the, uh, the you're not supposed to factor in certain things off the field. But that was on the field, and that factors in. Although we've seen players suspended, you know, for various things that I, are Hall of Famers. Yeah. But he's you know he 
on the field as a coach, I mean, the dude just was a part of uh, an historic yeah. lopsided but, performance that you don't want to be a part but of. But it wasn't that bad because because of Bounty Gate, he had Kevin James play him in a movie. <laughs> That's so, true. Fair enough. Um, I watched that so movie, a, by the way. It's a win-win. All right, guys, our next question, we're going to stay, stay with the same theme, but it's Wilson or Wilson. Who are you taking at this point in their current career, Zach Wilson or Russell oh. Wilson? And you have to take on their current contract. That's part of the deal. Oh, okay. Adam Sandler's wife, Jackie, played Kevin James, Sean Payton's ex-wife in the movie. Wow. So there's, there's one for you. Um, I actually enjoyed that movie. It was cheesy, but pretty good. Look, I'm taking Russell Wilson. Zach Wilson. Russell Wilson is a cheese ball with the Broncos country let's ride and everything else that he does. He's not a complete head case on the field. I think Zach Wilson's becoming a head case. I think psychologically and from a confidence standpoint, he does not have it. I was expecting a little bit of a jump from last year to this year, but he once again looks like a guy that I brought up on the show, Hutton. I would honestly ask him the question, is this what you want to do? Do you want to be the starting quarterback for the Jets right now, given everything going on around this team and the criticism that comes with it? And I don't know that he does. So I'm taking Russell Wilson. I don't doubt that Russell Wilson wants to be a starting well, quarterback in the league and wants to start for the Broncos, so I'm taking him. There, there is a, a, a nuance or a, a caveat to what Davey's setting up, though, because you said I'm taking, I would be taking on the current contract situation. Yes. Um, but am I picking in the current point of their career, am I selecting this just it ends as of this selection right now? Or am I picking like, who I would want to side with moving forward. We're kind of moving forward because and then it's it's Russell Wilson because I my answer last week was Zach Wilson doesn't need to be in the league, <laughs> um, but like con contractually I I would pick Zach Wilson. No, because you're not because spending I so can much. dump him a year from now, yeah. a season from now. Like that that's the other part of it. Yeah, that's um, where it kind of makes that question a little yeah, bit more. But so I would take uh, Zach Wilson because either way the franchise is losing with either pick currently, um, but at least with the Jets you you can. Yeah. You know, but you're taking Russell. Not, this isn't. I'm taking Russell Wilson, the quarterback. The, take the accounting out of it. Who's the better player? Oh, Russell Wilson. Right yeah, now. that's Russell Wilson. Yes. But I don't want to. I don't want either one of them. You know, yeah. I, I would. Well, that, again, that's why it's a beautiful your pick your poison. But that's why the details matter on the question. If mm -hmm. if I'm factoring yeah. the contract, give me Zach Wilson. All right, guys. So our next one. Uh, speaking of which, Zach Wilson, Russell Wilson combined 0 of 5 right now as a starting quarterback this season. But I mean, someone has to win this week when we look at a couple of these matchups, right? Yeah. I mean, it's. I guess there's theoretically the tie, but you can only watch one NFL game this week, and your options are the Broncos, the 0-3 Broncos at the 0-3 Bears or the 0-3 Vikings at the 0-3 Panthers. It's an easy answer for me. It's Broncos-Bears. Uh, I have such limited interest in the Carolina Panthers this year. Bryce Young might come back great. I'd like to see him yeah. play a little bit more as a rookie. Uh, Vikings, been there, done that. They're 0-3 sort of know what to expect with that team. I have no clue what the hell we're going to see in that Bears-Broncos game based on what they've done. You've got defensive coordinators resigning midweek under mysterious terms. You've got Justin Fields looking like he doesn't know what sport he's playing and the coaches that are coaching him, that they could be coaching cricket for all we know with the lack of knowledge. Sean Payton's defense has given up 70 points and as Armando Salguero told us, laying down in the field repeatedly. Uh, sign me up for the car crash. Let me. I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching the car wreck that is no, Broncos Bears. That's the right answer. But let me Thank not you. overlook the Vikings. If the Vikings are on the road and they lose to Carolina and go to 0 and 4, we could be witnessing the meltdown in real time. We're already seeing that 
in Denver. We're already we've been watching it in Chicago, but when Jefferson is popping off and rightfully so at zero and three, they've lost three games by combined eleven points. There, he's saying, "Hey, enough with the trade discussion." Well, at zero and four, that's different. At zero and four, your season's done, and. Tonight, they'll know the leader in the NFC North. It'll be Green Bay or Detroit, and you're still staring up at the other one. And you're on par with the team that is already a part of the car crash, Chicago. You're right there with them as the Minnesota Vikings, a team that won 13 games a year ago. So that is worth mentioning. But it's the Panthers that lead me to pick the other game uh, because we expect the Panthers to suck. They're in rebuild. They're going through the rookie quarterback phase. So yeah, give me um, give me Denver and Chicago. And while Chicago's defensive coordinator resigns randomly, we could see Vance Joseph uh, fired randomly at halftime if, for whatever reason, Luke Getze's offense goes off the same way Washington and Miami's have. It, you have to throw the Commanders in to the mix and what has happened with Denver. It's not just Miami. It's like 109, 109 points. Uh, combined over the last two weeks, uh, we could see that more than just a car crash, Chad. We could see the the eighteen wheeler go off the go off the you know pedestrian bridge. Oh yeah, it's gonna uh, be bad. With nice. What this game could be? There will be blood. But I mean, uh, don't watch Red Zone for this. Yeah. You're no, not gonna I, see the game. I, it, the easy answer for me. I'm, don't I'm watch watching, Red Zone. I, I might watch. It. I might watch Broncos Bears just for the hell of it. Uh, I just might want to watch this game. So me saying Adam Thielen revenge game wouldn't swing your opinion? No. 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 Okay. Uh, I, I am. Adam Thielen revenge. One of the stats you got later in one big thing, Hutton, yeah. for the Vikings to looking at those stats and then seeing that the Vikings are 0-3 is pretty remarkable. And we'll get to that here uh, in roughly eight minutes. But guys, our final one for Pick Your Poison, worst places to live. And your three <laughs> options – Two of these I got stats on. One of them I don't have stats, and you can okay. understand why I don't have stats. Okay. But first on this list, North Korea, Venezuela, and Chad. So this is your best question ever. This is incredible. Uh, and I love that you threw in the country of Chad there because in fifth grade I had a geography B, and we had to profile a country and present it. And what country did Chad choose? You're right. Chad, that was my country. I can still remember without even looking up that the capital is Najamina. Uh, they have Lake Chad. That's the Chad's that is the name southwest too. border. That is the second largest wetland in all of Africa. Um, let's go ahead with uh, an elimination game here. I'm eliminating Venezuela. Venezuela so- sounds a little bit awesome uh, uh, with some parts of it, quite frankly. So the, of these well, three, that was going to be my super- that was yeah. that's the one that I'm going to uh, elevate, right? So it's between Chad and North Korea. I'm picking Chad only because I think it's easier to get out of Chad. I don't know how heavily fortified the border is with Niger or with Nigeria or with the Central African Republic, but I bet I can get across the border in Chad to another place easier than getting out of North Korea. Is the internet and cell phone allowed in Chad? That's all I need to know. Uh, I mean, it might be allowed, but I don't know if they even have access. Yeah, I don't know if they have Wi-Fi. Because they don't have access, not because it's it's banned or blocked outside the country. Uh, Yeah, give me Chad. The the worst place is... um, if I'm picking my poison of where I'm going to live, it's Venezuela, followed by Chad, I'd followed rather the by difficulty, distant third being North Korea. Yeah, the difficulty needs to be getting to the country, not leaving the country. I'd rather choose the long path to get in uh, and the long journey compared to, uh, yeah, easy to get into North Korea. 
you're not leaving. No, that's the problem. Again, I can get out of Chad easier, which that's that's what excites me. Um, Davey, is there a civil war going on in Chad right now that I'm unaware of? Yeah, I don't have that much information. I mean, a lot of those Central African countries, unfortunately, are going through it. Unstable is how we describe Burundi them in is geopolitics. currently battling one. Uh, South Sudan's going through a civil war. And, yeah, just a lot have, of those I countries. I know a Chad who will lead Chad out, out of that. Out of that I'm, I'm your Chad. Most? That, that's going to be my slogan for Chad. Chadians everywhere. I'm your Chad. I'm your Chad. I'm your Chad. Let's get the chant going when Hashtag I speak. good Chad. Yes. I was surprised to see that <laughs> in Chad, terms of misery Chad. index, Venezuela was actually the top of hmm. most uh, countries in the world. Tell that to Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. He's Venezuelan. And any, any country that, uh, that produced, well, that birthed him, I'm okay Misery index, with. but you can't poll the yeah. citizens of North Korea. I'm not seeing any North Koreans in the 4070 club. I'll tell you yeah. that much. That's right. Coming up, one big thing on every NFL game for week four. And then Ryan Leaf joins us in hour number three. Stay tuned.